A rare total solar eclipse will pass over Oregon this month, bringing record numbers of tourists to the state. OHSU is actively involved in planning for this once-in-a-lifetime event and is helping get the word out about how to safely view the eclipse. It's Monday, August 7th, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Patrick Holmes. Kelsey Hewell, you've been communicating about the upcoming eclipse. First of all, when exactly is the eclipse happening? It's Monday, August 21st, about 10.20 a.m. So what are we telling employees who are working that day? Well, it's operations as normal, but prepare for the worst. So plan ahead if you're commuting that you might need some extra time. And if you're going to be watching, make sure you talk to your manager before you head outside. And be sure not to stand in anywhere where you'd be blocking vehicle or pedestrian traffic. So what is OHSU doing to prepare? Quite a bit. I sat down with Mercedes Wilson to find out more about that. So I'm here with Mercedes Wilson, an RN and professional practice leader who has been very involved in OHSU's emergency preparedness planning for the eclipse. Thanks for joining us, Mercedes. Thank you for having me. So to start, what are the public health and safety concerns with the solar eclipse? Well, where do I start? Okay, so some of the um, concerns are about Um, We have between 1.5 and 2 million extra people coming into our state, a state who has 4 million people, so we're almost doubling it. Uh, We're worried about, of course, you know, are they sick? Are they bringing people in? Um, It's going to create a surge, even if there's no big disaster, just by natural. People get sick every day. You know, we see so much, uh, so many percent of our population in the hospital. Now we're doubling our population almost, so there's gonna be more concern about, you know, those people who get sick. There's also, um, with all these people coming in, there's concerns about sanitation because a lot of these places like farms and wineries are doing their own parties. And now, do they have enough water? From what we're hearing from our public health partners is no. Um, Do they have enough sanitation for, you know, um, like honey buckets, and how are those going to get emptied, and that's a problem that public health has kind of identified also. So you could see some bacterial illness that way, and then of course if we have a trauma. So what is OHSU doing to prepare with that in mind? Well, OHSU is pretty active in its preparations. We are treating this as business as usual. I mean, we have a responsibility to our public to be open and take care of them. So we're not planning on stopping anything. Um, That said, we are trying to make sure that we can take a surge where different departments are putting people on call. We've looked at our food, our fuel, um, all those supplies. We're making sure that we can get medical supplies in if we need them, extra ones for a surge. So we're looking at all these little pieces, which add up to a huge piece, to make sure that we can um, take care of a surge of patients that may show up. So as individuals, are there things that we should do to to prepare? Yes. So as I've already said, we're almost doubling our population. So we've heard from our um, Department of Transportation, ODOT, that they're a little concerned about fuel. 
because of our regular supplies and what we think we can get in or they think we can get in. Uh, gas could be an issue, so you might want to actually make sure your gas tank is actually topped off so that you get to work, you can get to work. The other thing is traffic. Traffic, you know what the issue is with traffic now. You add a few more people, it's just gonna get worse, especially the day of, and probably the day after when people are going home. I'm curious if we've worked with anybody at the state or if we've partnered with anybody to help prepare. Have we done anything like that? Yes, we are um, very involved with our state partners as well as our county partners. Um, actually, myself, our emergency manager, Sherry Forsloff, and um, uh, Dr. Carl Erickson, one of the pediatricians in the PICU, he, uh, the three of us gave a talk actually for our state partners, a webinar to, that went out through the state to kind of let them know about some of the things that, you know, the, is available, such as our trauma plan, um, in case we get a big trauma surge, and how we would also take care of our kids, because with those people that are coming into our state, there's a good number of them are, that are gonna be kids because this is considered a family event. So we have to plan for that also. Um, but we have reached out to all of these, um, our state and local partners. Um, I think our state has decided that they will actually put their EOC in, up in case something happens. And what's an EOC? Oh, I'm sorry, Emergency um, Operations Center. Uh, they've, they're actually sending somebody over to the east side of our state also just to keep an eye on things. There'll be daily calls between all of our regional areas um, for emergency management so that we're all on the same boat. We know what's going on over there so that, that'll help us, give us a little leeway if something happens, we'll know about it early. So it sounds like we're doing a lot of planning. You talked about the trauma plan. Are we doing kind of a standard plan that people use or how is that working? So we have um, within our normal emergency operations plan for OHSU, we do have a trauma, we have a surge plan. So we've kind of told everyone, dust it off, read it, make sure you know it. Um, but then we also have our trauma plan, which uh, OHSU and Emmanuel worked on together. It was a three year project and um, it was just for our region, but the state, after we presented it, the state thought it was um, so well done that they adopted it for the whole state. Wow. Yeah, kind of exciting. It was a, it was a good project. Um, so that would be if there's a trauma surge where the level ones were actually overwhelmed or you couldn't transfer your patients, that we would help you take care, you know, give you recommendations for care over the phone until they could get them transferred. Do they have any estimates on what are, what's gonna happen on the traffic or is it just kind of up in the air right now? Um, they are planning that it will be really busy, really busy. Um, Oregon is actually the best viewing in the country for this eclipse. So I actually learned that yesterday from the state. Um, so, what makes us the best? I think it's just the way it, it hits hits across our state compared to, I guess, what's happening over in the arc of the rest of the state. I'm not exactly sure, but I was told that we are the best viewing. And um, we've heard that people are just even planning on driving down from Washington or driving up from California, you know, just for a day thing, which is going to clog up the freeways. Um, ODOT has said that if anybody parks on the freeway, they will move them off. So they're going to try to keep the, the flow going, but I 
it's going to be busy. So the most important question, where will you be watching the eclipse? Well, that kind of depends. I actually took the day off because I live south of here and it takes me an hour to get here on a good day. Um, but if our emergency operations center is open, I will be here. Yeah, I will be here to help take care of things. So. Well, thank you so much for being here and all the work you're doing to help OHSU get ready for this. My pleasure. I love this. Kelsey, you also interviewed an OHSU expert on eye safety. Who did you speak with? I spoke with Dr. Brandon Lujan from the KCI Institute. Okay, let's take a listen to that interview. Well, Brandon, thanks for joining us. Um, my first question, why is this eclipse so special? Sure, it's my pleasure. Um, so a, a total solar eclipse is an incredibly rare event where the moon completely occludes the light from the sun to the earth. This occurs over a very narrow band and will only affect certain parts of the earth um, at a time. So the last total eclipse that occurred in Oregon was back in 1979. Wow. Yeah, so, and... Uh, it's going to be a while before the next one, so we're really lucky to be the first state in the United States to get to experience this event, but it will affect the entire U.S. It's going to cross uh, all the way through here, all the way down into the southeastern states. So we've heard a lot about being careful and that it's dangerous. Why is it so dangerous to look directly at an eclipse? Yeah, so an eclipse is um, not that different from um, looking at the sun in general. So. Um, there's, there's some important parts to that. So uh, it depends a little bit on um, if you're in the path of totality or not. So totality is when the moon is completely blocking all of the light from the sun. And uh, that will not be the case in Portland. So 99% uh, of the sun's light will be blocked in Portland, or maybe even 99.5%, but it will not be totally occluded. So there'll still be some, some light getting around. And even if it's only one one hundredth of the intensity of a normal um, sun that we would look at, it can still do damage to the retina. So light from the sun, when if you were to look directly at it, gets focused by the cornea and the lens of the eye onto the retina, which is the lining on the inside of the eye and is like a film uh, in a camera. And that light is very um, high intensity and short wavelength, and it can start a cascade of chemical reactions that can damage the tissue of the retina permanently in some situations. Jeez. Yeah, so even though um, we can really appreciate a lot of it and, and there are some means um, by which you can do that, it's uh, not safe uh, in Portland to be looking directly at the sun or at the eclipse while it's occurring. Now, if you were to go south of here to Salem or into more central Oregon, uh, where totality occurs, um, during the time of totality, which is only a short window, anywhere from a few seconds up to a couple minutes long, it is safe to look directly at the eclipse because no light is actually getting directly uh, to the Earth. So uh, if you know you're going to be in that location by looking at NASA websites and being very specific about where you are and how long it's going to last, uh, it is a safe event to experience but only during totality. Only during totality, so for a very short period of time in a very specific geographical location. So what are your recommendations if you're in Portland or not in one of those areas during totality that you could watch it? Yeah, so even in advance of um, totality, uh, regardless of where you are, there are some ways to safely observe the sun and, and something that you can do even today. 
um, is by using specific filters. So there are just eclipse glasses, as they're called, that are being produced. Um, there are four manufacturers that NASA has given their okay to. They're all US-based manufacturers. Uh, and they all importantly have a safety uh, label that gives the level of protection that those specific glasses provide. So you specifically want to look for the ISO 12312-2 to be written on the glasses that you are to purchase and you're using to look at the sun. Um, there have been some reports of counterfeit glasses, so it's which is crazy, but it occurs. So it's important to confirm that these are from those manufacturers and has that protection. And additionally, it's important to make sure that there's no scratches uh, on the lenses or they're not bent, because that can uh, definitely affect the, the uh, ability to safely view the sun. Uh, an additional way is by using uh, what are called number 14 welder's glasses. So these are things that arc welders use and are also safe for the level of light. Uh, and then uh, perhaps the safest way uh, is by looking uh, indirectly by using a pinhole. So you can take a pinhole and use it to, uh, so basically a, you know, taking a piece of paper and just making a little hole in it with a pin, AKA the pinhole, and uh, looking at the projected light from that onto a, a sheet of paper. And so there you'll be able to see the, the moon moving forward and the crescent of the sun getting smaller and smaller. So that's available to almost everyone. And so it's important that your back is always to the sun if that's what you're doing and you're basically looking at the projection of light. Um, and then, so those are all ways to look at it with your naked eye and then for, for telescopes and binoculars, there are special filters that are made that are always on the lens that's closest to the sun. Uh, those are quite expensive, I found out. <laughs> so if someone accidentally does look at the eclipse unprotected, what symptoms should they watch out for or what should they be worried about? Sure. So, um, you know, I think all of us are familiar with what happens if you look at the sun just briefly, that you start to see little dots that sometimes kind of move around in, in your view. Um, and depending on where you look, you can see little kind of circles that are coming and going. So it's, it's almost like a more extreme example of that if you have any type of longer exposure. So you, you can have areas that you don't see clearly or areas that are a little grayer, um, or you could even have distortion occurring in your vision. So it, it is important to be seen if that occurs, but there's not a treatment for it. It's really a, something that your eye is either going to recover or not. Um, so really the only effective uh, treatment is prevention and just not doing it. So what will you be doing for the eclipse? <laughs> uh, so I will be experiencing it out in nature, uh, backpacking, um, so I'm likely going to be in Eastern Oregon and trying to be about as far away from uh, cars and people as possible uh, getting an early start. I think there's going to be a massive influx of people um, uh, on the I-5 corridor on Sunday night and Monday morning. Um, so it'd be a real bummer to be stuck in a car. So I'll try to get out <laughs> on Friday night and try to get to uh, to a place where I have a a nice uh, vista and then cross my fingers that it's not a cloudy day in August. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us about the eclipse. Yeah, my pleasure. Kelsey, thank you for your work on this. 
uh, where will you be watching the eclipse? I'll actually be working that day. So I'll be up on Markham Hill and hoping everything goes smoothly, but ready to jump into action to communicate if it doesn't. I think I'll be doing exactly the same. OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced and edited by Kelsey Hewalt and myself. I'm Patrick Holmes. See you next week.